Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. If you're thinking... I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! This episode is brought to you by Dove. You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 181. On the podcast this week, editor Laura Rowe visits Italian cookbook author and chef Gennaro Contaldo in his East London home for a lesson in pasta making, a guide to the Amalfi Coast, and she also discovers his secret skill for walking stick whittling. So, we have a very exciting guest on today's show, Gennaro Contaldo. Hi. Hello. Who, uh, Gennaro has authored more than a dozen cookery books, Italian cookery books, is that yes, right? Yes, I believe I'm about... One, one, one. I think it's 12. 12, okay, good. Um, you've worked across and owned some of London's top Italian restaurants. You regularly appear on our TV screens with your infectious enthusiasm, energy, and greedy need for good food. So welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast, Gennaro. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> so excited and very pleasant to be on. Good, good. Now, I had a very good plan of where we we're going to go today with our conversation, but I've arrived and there's two things that we need to talk about straight away. So one is you've got some amazing, are they called walking sticks or staffs? So companion walking stick. Companion walking stick. So I'm in uh, Gennaro's kitchen in East London and there must be 20, 20 walking sticks and they're all kind of whittled with amazing design. So talk to me about those, Gennaro. Uh, well, those are the companion walking stick. That also bring my memory back. Uh, Antonio Carrucci is exactly the same. So in my hometown, in Amalfi Coast, in Minori, there used to be a lemon carrion. Most of the people used to had to collect the lemons on the terrace and they have to carry them on the back in okay. big baskets, really, really heavy, about 14, 15 metres down or 100 metres down. There's sometimes those metres was three, 400 steps. Gosh. So they had to get 70 kilos then with the walking sticks 
Ah, there after okay. go. And that was just in a kind of a plain working stick. But also it's called a companion working stick as well because you walk through, uh, how do you say, to uh, terraces where the old lemon growing, orange growing, figs growing, every fruit. So because the, 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 the sticks, they're made like a fork, so you lift it, the ah. stick, you twist it like apple, bang, you catch an apple. <laughs> also is to look around when you go out for mushrooms, you move it, you move a little bit of bushes, you know, grass, and then you discover nice mushrooms at the bed. So I, instead, the other way around, I said, you know what, I love to do it, but I love to carve it. So I'm self-taught how to carve a walking stick. Sometimes people, they look and they say, where they come from? From Australia, New Zealand, <laughs> you know, they never say Africa because <laughs> it's more. And I find a place to do Each one will take me about a week to carve. Uh, those I find them when I go inside the world, if there is a, any kind of something knocked down or branches as old. Uh, so I just remove it. And uh, if it's straight enough, I will bring them home and carve it. And they're actually incredible. They've got all kinds of um, spiral designs, um, chips taking out of them, and they're all different patterns. It's, it's really quite amazing. And you showed me earlier on your hob as well about heating them up and straightening them. It's all yes, yes, amazing. On over the gas. Yeah, yeah, very, very clever. And then the second thing we need to talk about is you're going to make me some pasta, which is, is even indeed. more exciting. It is indeed. So, you know, I love pasta. Uh, we just finished the road and well, actually published already a book uh, about pasta, it's called Pasta Perfecto by Pavilion. And uh, it's like pasta, it's so easy. It's <laughs> a life, you know, it's nothing, you just find a good flour, double zero flour, crack a couple eggs inside. Yeah. And it says, this is what I do. Okay. And uh, you see, what I do at the moment, I crack two eggs, then I, I can believe it's about 200 grams of flour, because two eggs, and 200 grams of a flour, the right amount for you to mix it. So you've got a, um, I'm thinking best how to describe it, a mound of flour, haven't you, which you've made a little dip okay. in. Yes, a dip. Um, and then you've cracked the egg straight into that, and this is just straight onto the worktop. And I know Gennaro this morning sent his lovely wife out to get the perfect eggs as well. You were saying that they have to be nice and bright yolks. Yeah, it is indeed. And so you're now whisking the eggs inside the flour. Yeah, just whisk the eggs inside the flour. And as you go, you're kind of slowly incorporating the flour into it. Now, do you put salt in at this stage or is no, that no, that's a crime? No, no, you don't put no salt at all. Okay. No oil and no salt. Right. You just have the eggs. If you cannot have it, don't worry. You can use water. Most of the pasta is durum with the semolino or flour. With water. Okay. You and know, so that'd be perfect for vegans if they wanted yes, to make vegans, it. Yeah. So I like to make mine with eggs, but anyone can make it with water. How long you have a good flower? About the water, <laughs> water I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have, you know, mineral water would be nice. Okay. Soft water, you see. Then you make a kind of a, a paste, a kind of a cream, a start. So it's doing mesmerizing this, to watch. Yeah. <laughs> doing this. You know, the, the egg won't spill it all over. No, it's very contained, actually. I thought it would be a lot messier than this. No, yeah, well, they're going to be a little bit messy. And the eggs, the yolks are so bright there, aren't they? So it's a proper orange dough we're making now. Yes. A good eggs, those. Yeah. 
Amazing. So I'm going to talk to you. I was going to ask you, um, because the reason why we've got Gennaro on is because he's done a a really great guide to the Amalfi Coast for our website, which I will direct you all in uh, in the direction of later. But uh, Gennaro, one of the areas I'm going to talk about is your hometown. Yes. uh, In Italy. And that's definitely an area that's famous for its pasta. So talk to me about... Well, I, as I said, I was... I was born in a small village in the Amalfi Coast, yeah. which is called Minori. Yeah. I was born 30 meters above the sea, <laughs> where the sea was my swimming pool. My mountain was my back garden. Yeah. The village was my playground where you learn everything. You know, everyone knew each other. Making pasta, I, everyone. Everybody will make exactly the same what actually I'm doing it. And, uh, yeah, we liked it, you know, and then I moved in England yeah. when I was about 19. Okay. Maybe less than that. I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> so at the moment, Gennaro, it came together in kind of a, um, scrappy scraps, I would say, <laughs> all scraggly, and you've kind of brought it together and now you're kneading it onto the worktop, yes, aren't you? Do, so it's do. quite tough at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, well, yes. Relatively. Relatively. You don't want them to too hard, you don't want them too soft. And, uh, you know, with two eggs and with 200 grams of a flour, yeah. you can feed four people. That's amazing. It's okay. a very affordable dish yes, to make yeah. as well then. Important, the eggs. Very, very important. Now, in terms of the pasta dishes you have in Minori, have you got any specialities that are particular to that region? Oh, that is uh, so much. Yeah. fish <laughs> speciality. But in Minori, to make a simple pasta, it's so simple. You make, you know, you crush a couple of, um, well, three or four cherry tomatoes, a little bit of garlic, if you like chili, with a basil, you know, mm. you put them in a pan, you let it cook a little bit, make a pasta, which I will show you, <laughs> and just eat it. I mean, it sounds great. Very, very <laughs> important to use a nice cheese on top. We use Parmigiano-Reggiano, which is unbelievable good. I think the world uses that cheese. Yeah. But also there is many other different cheese. Now, you see, this this one, this is ready now. I was going to say, so what I just saw you do there was you kind of got all the crumbs and sticky bits off your fingers. You're just kind of rubbing your hands together now. Yes. So they're all going back onto the worktop and then you're kind of working them you're back working into the dough so you don't, like. don't lose a, a scrap of it. No, everything's no, you used. Don't, everything's you see, you don't want to lose it. So you get the knife. Let me just get my knife. And then you remove them again because don't forget be stacking on it. Yeah. I just put a little touch of water. I think that was too much. If you drop it, wrap this one in again. Uh huh. Okay. So now all the bits are sticking to the dough. Uh, all the bits are stick to the dough. And then you start to work them again. Fantastic. So how long do you need need to knead pasta dough for? Well, all together, from start to finish, you need about 10 to 15 minutes. So again, really not that long hands-on. No, no, no. Yeah, see that it's done, look. Fantastic. So now it's a really lovely, smooth dough. Yeah, it is smooth dough. Now, one of the... Um, uh, the specialities I read, which this might be completely wrong, so you can correct me. Is it called nu- nud- Nudinari? Is that right? Am I 
butchering the pronunciation. It's a type of gnocchi made with flour. Dumdari. There we go. Completely butchered. Dumdari. Ah. <laughs> no, it's all right. Dumdari. Dumdari. With a silent like... N at the front. <laughs> no, the dumdari, if we go back to the Romans. Ah, uh, okay. You know, with the ricotta, flour, and cheese. Yeah. And uh, the, the gnocchi. Okay. But without potato. So a bit like, is it the same as nudie? I know nudie. Nudie, yes, yeah. nudie. No, nudie is also is made with the ricotta. Yeah. Also depends, there's many different ways yeah. to make a nudie. Yeah. You know, with potato, without. In Italy, they change, <laughs> they change things all the time, which they are fantastic. Yeah. And to, to do the seasons, I guess, as well, whatever's good at that time of whatever, year and, and very, where you live important. and whether you're by the sea or whether by the mountains. and Very, very important. Now, yes, you said you've got this amazing um, landscape in Minori that you've kind of grown up on and that kind of dictates the ingredients you have there as well. So you've got the mountains where you have amazing cheeses and things because of all the dairy from there, is that yeah, right? Yeah, that, that is most of the cheese that we, where I come from, uh, we don't have enough buffalo. Okay. We hold any cow, yeah. but also if we move inland, I just outside a little bit, there is a buffalo, okay. Mediterranean buffalo, because the, the buffalo was coming from Africa, the Roman brought them in, and after two times a year, eating the same grass over the territory where I come from in the Mediterranean, they become Mediterranean buffalo. Okay. So it's exactly the same like on the water buffalo, roughly, but uh, it's called different. The genes come from there, but yeah. it's involved. It's got different flavour because of the different Oh, grass. my God, yeah. yeah. It's the grass, the water. Yeah. They become a more what, uh, more calm, you know, and less aggressive on everything. Yeah. The Roman, they used they're to... Chill. They're chill. They're chill, they're <laughs> chill. They have to have a, a, a bath every single day. They have to go out, everyone... <laughs> They like to be called by name, but they're, they're quite intelligent. <laughs> yeah. and the meat is very, very good. So the Roman used to bring them along when they used to go and uh, doing a campaign and fight somewhere in a different country. You know, they used to pull the cart oh, or wow. so, you know, and they used to use the milk. Uh, I'm not sure if they used to do mozzarella. <laughs> uh, but that was very important because they used to go away for about three, four, five years. Yeah. So new calf, new bony calf. So it's, it was in a cycle, so everything. But it's really, really good. Now, um, Gennaro's been very good at multitasking here, but you've got this beast of a machine. Um, this is the biggest pasta machine I've ever seen. <laughs> I cheat at home. This, and is, this is a small one. It's a small one. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger <laughs> than the ordinary one. <laughs> it's much bigger than a domestic one, I would say. And I, I cheat at home. I've got a, um, an attachment that I do on my KitchenAid. So I... That's cheating, I would say. But this no, is no, it's all right. Okay, you don't all good. cheat anything. Okay, good, okay. But if you don't have the machines, just get a rolling pin. Yeah. Roll it. Okay. And that, that is all right. I mean, so, this is no bonus for me. Yeah. My mother never had one of those. Oh, really? <laughs> so you know both ways then? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is amazing. So you're kind of putting it through, and now with a pasta machine, you start thick and you kind of keep getting thinner. Is that right? Yeah. Now, what actually I do now, this machine helped me. To need it. Right, okay. So I could compact everything, you know, keep yeah. the folding until I get the way I wanted, the lovely silkiness. Yeah, beautiful. So I cut them on the side because always to fit in properly in the machines. Yeah. And this one, which cover with a damp cloth. So that's just so the pasta yeah. doesn't dry out. 
So yeah, you've got a nice, neat sort of rectangle there that yeah. you're going to work with now. So and now you can work. You see, and with this one, just roll it right through. Beautiful. But uh, what I suggest when you make a fresh pasta, so 100 grams of double zero flour, one egg, so you make nearly 180 grams of a pasta. Okay. You, actually, when you boil it, you can feed because they're almost a double. You can feed the two people. Okay. It's ever so cheap. Yeah. But it's good because you made it. Yeah, and that's a good rule to remember, the kind of, it's just um, equal ratio, isn't it? So then yes. it's an easy recipe to remember. But you don't have to use egg, and you can use water. Yeah, okay. So important, you have to kind of take. No, that's really good to know. Now, um, I'm going to ask you a bit more about Minori. How would you describe it, what, if people were going to visit there? Because obviously this, you have listed lots of lovely places in Minori in the guide. What, what makes it special, and how, how, what makes it different to other areas on the Amalfi Coast? Well, it's a special because it's my hometown. Yeah. That is one <laughs> That's thing. reason to visit. That, that, that is special. But every single town in the Amalfi Coast is a special. Yeah. Mine is the best. Mine is the best. <laughs> Mine, it is. Yeah. You, only, you only say that when you have a kind of an age between 10 to 15. Yeah. After 50 you get 60, 17 and more, you say, everywhere is nice. Yeah. <laughs> and the Amalfi Coast is very nice. But also other part of Italy is very nice as well. Amalfi Coast, because it's 18 kilometers, mountains, sea with a blue sea, and the lemons, you can smell the lemons everywhere. And the people and the tradition still stayed the same. Also, you cannot build anything new. Yeah. Everything is there. 200, 300 years old, whenever, you know, and the people in the Amalfi Coast, also other part of Italy, I'm talking about the, the, the area I was born, yeah. but also I hear the people of the Sackler, the same like me, talking about that area where they were born, and there was not much different. We are very proud Italians because it's about territory, it's about history, it's about smell, it's about the food, it's about the culture, it's about the peoples. <laughs> it's all come after the other. But don't forget other country as well. They go exactly the same. Everything you like it, you know, also I like it. But Italy's got good salespeople. You really do sell it so well. <laughs> so um, talk to me about the lemons as well, because... Oh, lemons. Yeah. Lemon. Lemons are here. The, the Amalfitan lemons, spulsato, spulsato, because it's kind of elongated lemons. Actually, I think. So, Gennaro is walking away from the mic now to grab one and show. I have a lemon wow. here because this time of the year they're a little bit green. Yeah. So, they're definitely different to kind of, I would say, normal lemons is probably the wrong term, but they're, they're huge, they're knobbly, they're the size of your palm there, aren't they? Oh, we Some look at, we're doing scratching just about now. to smell oh, the two, wow been on the size is too much uh, this is um, this is green because everything is, this lemon will be ready by February and uh, and uh, in old days they used to make a limoncello but instead of limoncello the one you're drinking today that was green so we used to call right. them a green oncello green oncello okay you know gel <laughs> in Italian because there were so many lemons that so they have to remove some of the lemons to make the other one grow and uh, to last through the summer as well. Right. The lemon would give you three crops a year. People say two. 
Um, people say one, but I see lemons growing all the way through the years. Yeah. <laughs> the lovely small flower. With the flower, they, they used to like bouquets of flower, and the, the, the bride used to carry them as when oh, they wow. get married yeah. because the smell, so they used to mix as well with the flower of the orange and the tangerines. That when they actually carry one bouquet, little tiny flower. <gasps> It was really, really, really nice. Yeah, I bet. Now, are we allowed to talk about, but you mentioned about your book. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yes. Your lemon book. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, it's, it's new books. We are, are working every day on the new books and make new books. It takes quite a long. Yeah, lots of uh, It takes about to us, it takes about so one and a half years to yeah. do it because so you have to, do research and sometimes you learn so many things which uh, which you, you said to yourself how can I miss all this <laughs> yeah uh, yeah the book is going to be everything about lemons but not lemons lemons so many different dish you can do with the lemon is unbelievable and the more you look into it and more you find out that the, the things you use in every day you put the lemon inside and you never bought it too much to understand why as I'm born in a small place in Amalfi Coast where lemons get up in the morning, first things, lemons of your head, there. So it's going to be about freshness because at the end of the day, lemon is fresh. I love that. Sorry, because I talk too much. That's all right. <laughs> and it takes a long, long, long time to do it. Yeah. And so talk to me about some of the different uses for lemons. So like you said to me earlier, lemons we kind of associate with just kind of squeezing over maybe in a drink or maybe as a seasoning as well, I suppose, to freshen yes, dishes. Yes, seasoning, because important seasoning. Mm. You know, it's my daughter, Chloe. Uh, also, uh, uh, all the rest of the children, uh, then uh, I cannot eat a little bit of meat, except for they eat meat, because there is one eat meat, the other one don't eat meat, the other one eat fish, the other one don't eat fish, you know, there are quite a few. <laughs> and uh, I can eat without the lemons. Lemons that give you a lift. It's incredible. You even put that, the zest of lemons inside the soup. Yeah. You, you put them inside the milk, you put them inside the ricotta, you put them inside the fish, you bake them lemons inside, you fill it up, you make ice cream. God, they're endless. I even saw this morning, so you made coffee and you put a little uh, nip of the peel in the coffee. It I've is. never seen that before. That's No, it, it, it is because you can't really test the lemons mm. zest, but it's changed yeah. the coffee. And then, you, of course, you test the coffee, but on the back of your brains, you get to that perfume, mm. that zest. They say something different. And then like you it. think <laughs> it is yeah. the lemons. Yeah. <laughs> it make more, we call them a soave. Okay. A more placid, uh, more okay. homely. Nice. Okay. Um, and one of the most interesting places in the guide for me that you spoke about, which was kind of a revelation on some of my trips when I've been to Italy, is um, an agroturismo. Uh, it was called Agroturismo Agra Villa Maria. Now, they were a real relevation. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
they were just a revelation for me because I went to one in Sardinia for the first time this year and uh, you kind of go there, you pay 26 euros or something like that. You get kind of endless food thrown at you and seconds of that food and shots and it's all local food. It's all grown on the site. Talk to me about one, what an agroturismo is and then about this really special one that you mentioned. Well, agroturismo, everybody, they're very proud to have an agroturismo because agro is all to do with everything you grow in. You know, you, agroturism usually, wherever you open this kind of inn, let's put them a word, inn or locanda or taverna or a kind of place, then we will host you, we will, uh, you will stay with us for a few nights. So they have to grow everything. Yeah, so it's like a farm state. As a farm yeah. state. So... Uh, also have eaten rabbit, they have to be their own rabbits, they have to be their own chicken, or uh, if they're by the sea, they have to be, the fish have to be caught in that particular water, there's yeah. a boundary of water, so they preserve everything as yeah. well, they cook everything, they make your own bed and everything, they clean, they wash, you name it, but with a, such a joy. Because yeah. to be in agroturismo, it's like you live in a family which you know the family for so many years yeah. and you're eating well because everything they cook, they their, own, they yeah. their own cuisine. Yeah, yeah. And when actually you work in agroturismo, you go there and you think, well, they're going to give me the menu. They won't give me the menu. <laughs> I said, well, today we cook pasta fagioli, you know, the beans is the one we cultivate ourselves. You know, the cheese is the one we, we do ourselves. You know, the lemons everywhere. Yeah. Help yourself. You just lift your hands but under the pergola. You collect. It's nice. And Villa Maria Minori, because Minori, I believe it's one of the villages in Amalfi Coast. It stayed more like a family. Okay. Everybody knows, everybody owes. And Villa Maria is about, is about the hill of Minori. So what happened when you booked in Villa Maria, so the owner will pick you up in a village with a car. He goes up those hills. <laughs> and, and I always have argument with Vincenzo because he surprised me. But once you're there, you look all around and say, oh, my, my, you don't want to move. Yeah. And they make their own wine, it, you know, all the lettuce and everything. And Maria is the wife of Vincenzo. Is the cook. Yeah. I know so many years. She always in that kitchen, that's so tiny kitchen. But when she actually put her hands on the food, she goes out, she goes in, a, in what we call them a garden, a lot of men. She picks all the lettuce, she picks all the zucchini and everything goes. She lifts her hands and get the lemons. <laughs> and then she starts to do with the mints, you know, whatever. And when they serve it on a, on a, on a table, there is no kind of a decoration. There is no, no Michelin star food. It's home food, isn't it's it? It's home food. Yeah. And uh, if she's too, a little bit tired or is a little bit tired, and you spoke to her, you know, they sit with you on the table. <laughs> and uh, at the end, when you try to pay, pay hardly anything. Yeah. It's the value is so, so good. And they use every bit of the animal. I remember every single, nothing is gone wasting. I had um, sheep stomach when I went to. Oh, Sardinia. that's good. It was so good. So, so good. I, I, I wanted seconds. I wanted uh, thirds. See, <laughs> sheep stomach. And that's good. In one of my programs on the BBC, uh, Two Great Italians, I was with Antonio Carluccio in, uh, Sardi- in uh, Calabria. Uh-huh. And uh, so... The festivity there, the celebrations, when actually uh, people of farms 
out in the family, they got a bit of land, so they always have one or two pigs. But this, this time, roughly this time of the year, just after Christmas, they have to kill one, said with the word they kill. Because you don't waste anything about pigs, nothing at all. Even the air on the pigs, perhaps yeah. you can do a brush. Yeah. So, and with the blood, the greatest celebration. I know I, know I sound a little bit barbaric, but, uh, well, no, you know, just it's food. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, in England, you know, we use so much blood that we don't know. You know, it's got, yeah. like, you know, black pudding. But it's better, surely, to, if we are killing the animals, okay, yes, to yes, use yes. the whole animal. And out. I made this fantastic pig blood and chocolate. Ooh. And by a few chance, there was to be about 30, 35 children there which they went have a look at the farmer. They saw me doing this. said, do you know what? I said to, to the BBC, I'm going to do that. And the cocoa powder, milk and mm. sugar. And they all stand that surrounded me. And I made this fantastic, fantastic pig blood and chocolate pudding. They scoop everything else. They loved it, everything else. And they also, one of the girls said to me, I'm going to task my, my grandma <laughs> to actually, you know, to do them again. I love these Italian children so demanding they want gourmet food from their grandma. Um, now that reminds Sorry, me... Sorry, I don't, I don't ever... <laughs> <laughs> no, Gennaro's being very um, savvy here. He's got a can opener to turn his pasta because it's now turning into kind of flat, noodly spaghetti. Hey, look at beautiful, that. beautiful. I'm so excited about this. And so quick as well. I can't believe we've done this um, in the time we've been here. Now, I was going to ask you um, about Christmas in the Gennaro household because <laughs> we're getting very close to Christmas now. What does Christmas food mean for you? It, well, Christmas for me is Christmas Eve. Yeah. Where the family and friends just eat it together and uh, celebrate it. We celebrate it. Uh, it's an... Christmas for the Italian, many other countries in the world, is a, a religious. Yeah. You know, as in many other parts of the world, Christmas says, present, present, Father Christmas, what they're going to bring to us. Uh, which, the, what we do, we celebrate the Christmas Eve. Then we start to sit on the tables about five o'clock, and then we get up about 11 o'clock when God, we had everything you can think of, but there was fish. Most is fish, yeah. everything's to do with fish. And uh, then you go into the church, midnight church. Sometimes people say, what's time a midnight church start? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> midnight. And then you come out one, and perhaps you go back again with the food you have. And the Christmas day, you will make more difference, you know, perhaps you make a porchetta. Perhaps you make the turkey. Italy love turkey. Yeah. You know, like capons, you know, the chicken, uh, rabbit, uh, uh, a ham, you name it. There is a walnuts, mandarin, tangerines, you know, all different, homemade dessert, a cake, cake, kind of a pie, everything is mattered on the tables, including the day before the leftover. Excellent. And then you enjoy it. And then in the afternoon, you come out, lovely promenade by the sea, if you live by the sea, or perhaps in the mountain, there's always a little village, friend to friend, they'll have a talk, having a coffee on a bar after you had about 100 of the coffee, home, <laughs> under a different cake and stuff, a panettone after be there. Okay. Panettone is the must. Yeah. You know. okay. uh, I discovered a panettone when I was the age of 10, 11 years old. 
because we didn't do it at Panettone. Yeah. The old Panettone come from north. And now the world use Panettone, my God, and everyone is proud. I've got one right next make. to me, even teasing nice. me. Right. <laughs> and that was presented from Antonio, Antonio Carluccio, because uh, I was doing something a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and uh, they're, they're sending me a, a two or three Panettone. Oh. And uh, it, it's, it's nice to have a stuff from Antonio. Yeah, of course. And have you got any tips actually for panettone leftovers? Because that's the thing. Or is, is there no such thing as panettone no. leftovers? <laughs> there is. Well, first, if there is panettone leftovers. If you think everybody can make, especially in England, yeah, you know, make bread butter pudding yeah. with a panettone. Sounds dreamy. So easy to do it. <laughs> Recipe, nothing. You just uh, crush for your uh, yolk of eggs. Yeah. Put them in the, the panettone inside a kind of a baking dish. Pour them on top, baking, bit of sugar on top, not too much. It's just for glazing a bit and done. Because panettone has got all candied fruit, all the raisin. They already got eggs inside, they got the butter, it's got the bread flour, you name it, everything. And when you get to panettone, with this flavor, sorry, this is one we opened the other day. Oh. But I think it's already disappeared. <laughs> I'll let you taste that. Oh my goodness. Gonna come here again, Janari. You're feeding me well. every time. <laughs> I am a cook. Do you know what my job is? <laughs> to make the people happy through the you're, food. Come well, on, you're dig your well. hands inside. Oh my goodness! Thank you so come much. Mm. Smell so good. Mm. Mm. Very delicious. Sorry for eating on the podcast. See, but so good. We have a guest here anyway. <laughs> Being very well looked after. Um, right. Pasta. So we've made our noodles. Yeah. Do you leave them out to um, dry or anything like that? Or are they good to go from the off? People who do that to so dry them a little bit. You know, people that say, so, Gennaro, can I put a fresh pasta inside the freezer? And they say, look, fresh pasta mm -hmm. inside the freezer. But why you made a fresh pasta? <laughs> because it's fresh. And you want to eat fresh. I say, no, you don't. You can put them inside the freezer. They're not to become any more fresh pasta. They become a freeze pasta. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and the, the, the trouble is you can't really cook them properly because right. you, have to, you have to do a nest like the one we done it. Right. And then straight from the freezer gonna go in boiling water so it's still frozen butter, still frozen right. and the times goes inside the, the boiling water the water gets cold yes and so the pasta when the pasta gets cold uh it's not really the water get cold it's, it's don't cook properly yeah so or you can dry them a little bit, yeah. but don't dry them for too long. You, you have to put all strips, all lovely spread, even round. I think the thing I always worry about, and so I'm sure some of our listeners do as well, is the pasta sticking together, but that's absolutely not the case here. It's no. all, yeah. So is but that it does, it does. You're right. The pasta sticks together. But if you spread them properly, yeah. it will stick. But let me give you tips. Yeah. To not to get the pasta sticks together, so you get some rice flour. Okay. Spring them on top, move them a little bit. Yeah. And the rice flour will dry. You Great. can't get stick. So then before you put them in boiling water, you know, you're shaking all off like this. 
And you put them inside the boiling water and you have the perfect pasta. Beautiful. But make fresh pasta is easy, but dry the pasta is very difficult. Right, okay. It won't dry yeah. anywhere, especially in England, except, <laughs> except there is a ventilate place where the temperature is between 30 to 35. And then you have to dry slowly for about then half, two days. I think stick to fresh would be the so, tip. Well, but this is, this is what doesn't, <laughs> yeah. mean, doesn't mean that then, uh, the fresh pasta, it doesn't mean that... Uh, uh, dry pasta is not good. Dry pasta no. is very, very good. I'm going to put some water. Yeah. Because Don't I forgot I'm supposed to go now. <laughs> I've been distracting you. It's okay. So Janara's just filling up a pan of water now. So this is going to be our boiling. Now, I've heard various things about the salting of the water, as in it should be as salty as the ocean. Is that a, a myth? <laughs> Rubbish. Who <laughs> I, I keep saying to everybody, you know, we cooked with salt water. I mean, just, just put it yes on. We cook with salt water. It's actually it's good, especially doing the, the fish dish with pasta. But the sea water is too salty. Too salty. So not so, as salty as the ocean. So when you do it, you use quarter. Right. Let's pretend you use one litre of water. Yeah. Use about quarter, maybe a little less of sea water. Nice seawater, where, the, where, <laughs> where, where is the sea is blue, everything yeah. is clear, there is no pollution. Let's not do it. And then, and then you put the rest, the 700 grams, you know, the rest of water, or fresh water, switch it on, you let it go. So if we're doing it in a home kitchen, how much salt should we put in a pan of water? Good Each 100 grams of a pasta yeah. require one liter of water. Okay. Because pasta like dancing inside. Okay. <laughs> then you put... Five to seven grams of a salt inside. Okay. You can put it in, but yeah. five to seven grams is the right amount. Okay. Doesn't mean that you will eat it or you will uh, take it seven, five to seven grams salt. The pasta salt is will brush just a little bit. Kissed by salt. A kissed by salt. Yeah. As salt. But also that pasta water, you need to 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 help you for any kind of a sauce you do. Yeah. So one liter of water, 100 gram of a pasta, a five to seven gram of a salt. Okay. Okay. Because I forget you have a sauce inside, salt inside your sauce. Yes. Too much salt is not good. Not enough salt <laughs> is not good. Yeah. It's good. Food without salt doesn't taste improperly, but if you can't take salt, that's okay. There is many different ways to do. You know, a little touch of a vinegar to give it that sensation of a salt. Okay. And when you cook tomato, tomato the acidity as well, it gives it that kind of. But do you know what? Most of the, the 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 salt you can get without using any salt, little squeeze of lemon. Oh, there we go. Okay. Get Gennaro's book, and he'll tell you all about it. Stick around to hear more Italian magic from Gennaro and Laura. Okay, so we are in front of the pan now, Gennaro, bubbling away. Yes, it is indeed. We need to put the salt in. Salt in, okay. Rock salt or sea salt? Yeah, tell me. <laughs> okay, but sea salt? Yeah, rock salt? Actually, rock salt is a sea salt. Yeah. <laughs> People that believe it's rock, it's 
Once it used to be the sea, they become rock, rock salt. Okay. A sea salt. I like to, I don't know, it's to do with the sea because I was born. I like to use the, the, the sea salt. Okay. And the salt, you have to use it. Actually, you, the salt, you have to feel them inside your hands. You can see, look. You really have to feel the salt. Do not to buy salt, which is like a sand okay. powder. First, because you can't regulate and God knows what is inside. Okay, sometimes they put caking, anti-caking agents. Yes, yeah, something in it as well, like they? that. Yes, see, I put inside here five to seven grams of okay, salt. Okay, so that's kind of I would say two big pinches. Yeah, two big yeah. pinches. Lovely. Just put a little bit extra. And it'll be extra, yeah. <laughs> but if you put it then, it doesn't matter. The water Lovely. is boiling, huh? Perfect. So we leave it boiling because it's going so quick. But let me show you first how to make a quick sauce. Oh, amazing. So you got lovely cherry tomato here. you got nice basil. I'm going to get garlic. And with the help of under and choppy board, which I can never find one. <laughs> so what are you doing? Shall we move this one up? Yeah. Crush the garlic. Nice. So if you have these preparations ready, it takes you a couple of minutes to cook everything. But I love these kind of sauces anyway, that you can, while the pasta water's boiling and while the pasta's on, you can be making the yes, sauce and it's it as is, quick as it that. Is. It's, so look, watch which one I'm going to use. I'm going to use a little pan here. <laughs> it's this one here. I'm going to get the knife from here. See, this knife it says in Italian, please do not touch this knife because it belongs to Gennaro. <laughs> because wherever I go, I lose a knife. <laughs> but not because they're taking it. They, they, everybody's got a knife, and by mistake, they put them inside a bag. So when they look, <gasps> Gennaro knife. Yeah. Actually, they send the knife back, which oh, I have. <laughs> so I'm... About uh, small garlic, and you can see that was very large, a cut my half, and they're quite big. Yeah. So, in the same time, use a little bit of chili, which I have here some nice chili. Now, Gennaro in his kitchen, um, we need to probably talk at some stage, Gennaro, about your amazing outdoor kitchen. You've got lots of things hanging and drying, so you've got chilies dried with a bay leaf there. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the bay leaves outside. The chili that was growing, so I picked him up. And that looks nice. Very cute. So you strung them together. Up, you know? And you just hang them up in your kitchen and they dry yeah, naturally. They dry naturally, yeah. Just cut a little bit because this is quite quite strong. Did you like chili, by the way? I love Fantastic. it. Fantastic. <laughs> you see, this is quite strong. Then, yeah, let's put this one on. Find this olive oil, which is very, very good. And you see? Now, a tablespoons of olive oil inside, that's it. Excellent. And are there rules for olive oil cooking as well? I know there's often people say you should use one and you shouldn't use another, or no, you're shaking. <laughs> no. Let your heart go with it. Good, this is what I like to hear. Yeah, but you don't want to burn oil. No. Extra virgin is more oil, you have to use a raw. So it's just about respecting the ingredients Respect. you have. Remember, to make one bottle of olive oil, you need about... Uh, 30 kilograms of olives. Yeah. All right. You have to collect off the tree. You have to crush it. You have to rest it. You have to put in bottles. And that you have to wait a couple of months or a month of you straight away. It depends. 
So respect, respect the olive oil. Each olive is a little tear. So <laughs> can you imagine this one? It's a little tear. So delicious, actually, delicious tears. So when actually you you know you spill some olive oil or by mistake, ah, too much, never way, I chuck them away. Can you imagine how many olives had to cry? <laughs> Let's put the, this one this way. So, so it's then, as soon as it gets a little bit hot, yeah. you get some nice basil. Basil is so easy available today. Yeah. You know, in my days, you know, there was hardly any basil, but people didn't grow. I don't know why. Wild rockets, look at the smell, that smell. Oh my goodness, there is quite nothing like fresh basil. It's such a unique flavor, it's so distinctive, the flavor. It is. But I believe a basil is not Italian. Oh, like the okay. tomato is not Italian. Everything has been imported. <laughs> uh, so we adapted. It's like the buffalo. We adapted the buffalo. Okay, I put all this one. Excellent. Okay. Now, a minute, I need to cut a few tomatoes first. So we're obviously here talking today because you've got your amazing guide because you're a brand ambassador with Chitalia, yes, the Italian Chitalia. travel specialist. So we've got lots of great places on the guide for you to visit when you do go on your Italian holiday. But you've been in London now for a little while. Yes, um, a little while, you can say that. <laughs> what do you think of the Italian food revolution that's kind of happened over here? Because even I've, I've been... Um, obviously closely following it on Olive, and we've noticed that there's so many more pasta bars, regional Italian restaurants that have been opening up lately. Does that make you happy that you kind of have- Don't you think it's marvelous? <laughs> yeah. It is so beautiful. Uh, the world loves Italian food, also other different countries as well. The reason, one of the reasons is to do with, you you eat what actually you can see. Yeah. And the simplicity of the Italian food is, two, three ingredients, put yeah. them together at the right times, and they give us some fantastic flavor. And that's why you need good ingredients, right? That, because that it's is, so simple. Yeah, they're so, they're so simple. But also other cuisine in the world is so really, really good. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm intrigued. Do you eat out a lot and do you eat Italian or do you always cook at home? Because if you do eat Italian out, I want to know where you're going, to be honest, because uh, <laughs> I want the best. I've do, I do mm. quite a few friends which are unbelievable. Cooks. Yeah. And I have Giorgio Rogatello, Francesco Mazzeo, but also Mario Giorgetto, which is Cinquecento, which is uh, incredible. They, they, they do everything. Most of the Italian restaurants now, they're really professional chefs. Yeah. In, in my days, you know, they improvise as a chef. Yeah. They open a restaurant, and uh, that particular way of cooking, it was be strange for me, unknown for me, because there was experiment and everything. Right. And I was to say to myself, why do you have to exper experiment when you already had a meal? You yeah. already knew. But they want to do something different, you know, let's present somebody called Giuseppe, you know, somebody like Afonso, Mario, Franco, you know. They would have made a chicken. Probably they would have called chicken alla Giuseppe. <laughs> You say, what is it? <laughs> you know, but you know, and I, I remember one lady, she used to say to me, sorry, I have to drink a little water. Some of the friends that they open up a, a cafe, a restaurant, and uh, they had to make a soup, but they didn't know how to make a soup. I just tried. <laughs> uh, yes, it's, it's been uh, a quite a big boost with Italian cuisines. Water inside here, sorry. That's all right, we've been busy chatting. Yeah, so, I'll check, I'll the water. 
So this is what you're saying, prep before, but it's super easy. So we've got our chopped garlic, sliced garlic, chopped dried chili. We've got whole basil leaves, and then we've got chopped cherry tomatoes here. Uh, let me show you first how to do that, and then okay. we go back straight. So garlic and chili. Yeah. Olive oil. Oh, it smells so good already. Really? Yeah. Good. Chopped the tomato. Oh, so the fragrance from the uh, garlic and chili is so strong straight away. Basil straight in. It's hardly anything. Now you move away from the gas. Yeah. Oh, wow. So Janara's putting in a spoonful of the salty pasta water here. Okay. Then you cover with whatever you find it. So, yeah, lid on, lid high on. heat. Okay, this one and I started to cook. It's ready. Let's remove everything else from here. Tidy chef. I like it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you know they're complaining inside. <laughs> so let's move this one from here because this is ready. It, you can use all kinds of different tins of tomato, along with a very, very good tins of tomato. Now with this one, we use some parmesan. Oh my God, plenty of parmigiano here. Wow. <laughs> so not a normal block. Gennaro's got kind of a, a massive, huge wedge of parmesan, which I like. Parmigiano Reggiano. Parmigiano Reggiano. So how old would this be? This is four years old. Four years old. A special sender for me. <laughs> I'm getting spoiled today, I think. Do you want this? Yes, please. Wow, thank you very much. Oh, smells incredible. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. It's so good. Oh, this is almost ready, look. It just needed the tomato to soft it up a yeah. little bit because you want to capture the flavor of the tomato. Let's move this one here. It's amazing how quickly that comes together as a sauce because you think often tomato sauces, you think ragouts and long and slow cooking, but that's super speedy, that's minutes. Yeah, super, super speedy. Yeah. Let me get a couple of plates. Now I'm going to talk to you, Gennaro, as well about your, you've got kind of a secondary kitchen outside too, which was just wonderful. So you've built this from scratch while you've been in the house. Yes, it is indeed. So that is... Uh, that is made of, it's like an Tuscan kitchen. made of all recycled bricks with a turn burner. Actually, one, two, three, four, five burns and a wood fire oven. So it's amazing. So, Jerome's got all sorts of pickles and preserves out there. Well, do more, yes. Pots and pans. Um, yeah, got, so you've got your wood fired oven, so you can make everything from pizzas to roasts to. Yes. You're saying you can cook most things in the wood fired oven? Most of the things in the wood fire 85% I can cook in wood fire oven. Which is great. Lovely to make a cake. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Wow. Kind of a, you know, punch cake, a tart, everything. Wow. Because when the temperature, you remove all the, the, the charcoal and everything from yeah. the side. And then the temperature the slow heat. down mm. and you bang straight inside, whatever. And you start to cook because it's very hot to keep the door open. Slowly, slowly, the temperature goes down about 30 minutes. Wow. This is what actually takes. To cook a cake, and then when you take him out, tasty, completely different. Wow. It's completely different world. Yeah, this is that. Fantastic. So, so get the pasta. Pasta now. in. I know I keep you very busy. <laughs> the pasta we done it. Like. Amazing. So got a big handful of the pasta ribbons there. Straight inside. 
could have put a little extra water. So how long does pasta, fresh pasta take to cook? Well, if you count up to 16, the pasta is ready, but a minute, minute and a half. So again, super, super quick. So it's actually, I think everybody think it's, it's a faff to make, but we've done that in about 30 odd minutes and we were talking lots. We could have, yeah. we could have you know, done that. I know, but we can do it, yeah. It's amazing. You, you, can, you can mix the pasta, you know, you, you cut it, water is on, the sauce is ready. You can see that is nice sauce is ready. Look, become a little Beautiful. Now at this stage, I always like to put a little raw olive oil on top. Great. Now you have to wait just a few seconds that this pasta start to boil again. Which, yeah, you're right, which, the uh, uh, pasta's dancing in the, in the yeah. pot. Well, yeah, you can see. This is ready, actually. Beautiful. Wish we could do smell a, smell a vision, smell a podcast here. Yeah. Smells so good. Did you like al dente? Do you know what yeah. al dente means? T please tell me. I want the official Because <laughs> people have people al dente to the tooth now. Oh, okay. So, you know, is al dente is just a little bit undercooked. Yeah. Because when you eat, you chew it longer. While you chew it longer, you taste it better. Ah, and then like you digest it. it better as well. Excellent. It's not because you need something... Uh, no see, tooth involved. No tooth involved. <laughs> okay, that is ready. You can see that is moving this one. And so they kind of float to the top as well. It's a really good sign that they're ready. They plump. Yeah, they come up on top. This see. Wow. So exciting. Oh, my God. Be sure it will be so nice. So you really could. You can make this in a lunch hour if you were lucky enough to uh, nip home. Yeah. Wow. So you're... Literally tonging the pasta straight out of the water, chucking that in the pan. I don't know if you can hear the sizzle. Absolutely delicious. Don't waste anything. No. Every little bits and pieces. Well, if you can't really get it, <laughs> Beautiful. So you're not worrying about the water going back into the pan there when you're tonging uh, no, it in? No, yeah. not really. Because Let the... Pasta nut, brown, the lovely flavour. You see, also very important the tomato. Uh, the tomato in the summer, they are the best. Yeah. This time of the year, which you just call the autumns, you know, uh, tomato little bits, they look red, but they are unripe. Yeah. So you just added a little bit more pasta water yeah, there as well, Gennaro. Because I want it to really be nice, to really grab the pasta, grab the flavor of tomato. Wonderful. Quick toss in the pan. Yes, it is indeed. And a last, not the least, let me just put another couple of leaves of a basil. What? And what Beautiful. Just Lovely fresh basil on top. Be nice. Now, there is always somebody tell you to be or not to be, to put the cheese or not to put the cheese <laughs> on top of the tomato basil sauce. I love it. I was going to say, that. always to be cheesy. Always. See, so you want to wait till this, this, this tomato get creamy. Can oh, beautiful. See? Yeah, it's amazing that that's just water and tomatoes. So straight from the pan, 
onto the bows. Wow. I'm drooling, so apologies if uh, you can hear that on the podcast, but it looks so good. Really, really good. This is good. Perfect portion sizes as well. I like this. Don't forget that was uh, 200 grams of a flour, which we didn't use them all. Look, oh, it's yeah, still underneath. Amazing. It's still underneath there now. Grab it. If you, if you do make extra like that, and so you've made your portions, you still got a bit fresh. I know you said about potentially not freezing it, but can you keep the dough in the fridge for a while, like oh, for I, tomorrow? Will that be okay? Or? You you can, yeah. you can, you can keep them inside. Use them in the fridge because in the fridge we last two, three, four days. Right. So again, you can in make a, a big batch at the start of the week and then make film. it fresh every day. <gasps> my, goodness, my goodness! My goodness! Okay, um, right, oh my goodness. So I am now eating Janara's am <laughs> amazing pasta for breakfast, which Janara, you've said, is perfectly okay. I'm allowed well, to do that. It, it is not breakfast, it's <laughs> nearly 11 o'clock. Okay, we'll take you know, it. Don't forget, in Italy it's 12 o'clock, so it's lunch. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'll get some gin as well, please. Um, so if I'm going, last question, Gennaro. If we're going to Italy, we're going to the Amalfi Coast, um, where's the best place for pasta? Because that has to be the first stop, right? Uh, there's just so many best places written past, but some particularly, you know, restaurant at Donna Rosa, above Positano, the chef is Erica, makes amazing fresh pasta. Oh, Ricciardiniello, good friend of mine, Tonino, we've grown up together with the mama, make that lovely ricci of pasta. Oh, Villa Maria, which is good. Torre Normale is everywhere with pasta in the Murphy Coast. It is in a paradise. It is a must, you know. You have to eat You have to be there. It's like you eat this pasta. Once you're there, you will send back your mind, Gennaro was all right. Bless him. <laughs> I will. I'll bless you. So thank you so much, Gennaro. Um, and if you lovely listeners would like to learn more about the foodie highlights of the Amalfi Coast, Gennaro is brand ambassador for the Italian travel specialist, Citalia. So you can visit Citalia.com or you can read his exclusive guide for us, of course, at olivemagazine.com. Thank you so much, Gennaro. Such a pleasure to have you. And please don't forget... You have to finish your pasta, yeah? I will. I'll be back tomorrow as well, yeah? For pasta well, with a great yeah. pleasure. Why not? <laughs> now you know how to do anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't need you. All right. Thank you so much, Gennaro. Grazie a voi. Arrivederci. Thank you. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please review and rate us. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can still pick up a copy of our bumper Christmas issue on the new sun now or go and download the app version. And look out for next week when we'll be releasing a mini-series for podcasts covering all of your Christmas needs. <laughs> <laughs>